I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, March 3rd. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, it's time for pending legislation to get busy living or get busy dying, according to our producer. Then, more on 50 years after the Jackson State killings, a look at violence on HBCU campuses and how small business owners feel about a plan to eliminate the state income tax. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The state legislative session is getting down to crunch time. And after a deadline day standoff over pay, a battle over proposed income tax repeal looming, tensions between the House and Senate appear to be rising. At the center of it all is House Speaker Philip Gunn, who's found himself increasingly at odds with Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman in recent weeks. MPB's Kobe Vance caught up with Gunn yesterday. Busy week this week, obviously, in the House. Uh, what are some of your priorities this week? Well, the, uh, obviously, the deadline was on Tuesday to get bills, the Senate bills, out of committee. Uh, we worked hard to, to get that out, get that done. Uh, teacher pay was a big one. We, in the House, passed a plan that we believe is superior. It provides more money sooner, raises the starting pay sooner, uh, to the, beyond the national average, beyond the uh, southeastern average. It included teacher assistance, and so we believe our bill is is very good, far superior to what the Senate passed. Uh, we will continue to work on the income tax elimination, which has been our top priority. But I would point out that we we passed our teacher pay plan second week of the session. Uh, I don't know why it hadn't reached the governor's desk yet. So we would we would call on the Senate to go ahead and get that done. We have uh, dealt with the initiative process. We have done congressional redistricting. We did the income tax. So, you know, there's some other things I don't recall right now, but we've hit the ground running on our end, and we're looking to finish it all up between now and the end of the month. The Senate did actually pass that bill uh, out of the out of the chamber this morning. Okay. There were changes made to the bill yesterday um, with the strike all amendment. What are your thoughts on that? I haven't been able to look at what they did. I'm being told that they put their language back in the bill. And again, I think our language is far superior for the reasons that it gives more money sooner. As I understand it, they've divided their pay between two different years. That means they get half the money this year and half the money next. I don't think that's what teachers want. I think the teachers want all they can get now. 
and uh, and not save half of it for an election year. So that's the biggest difference, I think, is that we provide more money sooner. And then also there's a bill that would address critical race theory in Mississippi. You know, what are your thoughts on that bill that was passed out of committee yeah, earlier this week? That bill's in the House right now. I would, I would invite people to read it. I think it uh, embraces things we can all agree on. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll come up for a debate in the House at some point. Philip Gunn is the State House Speaker. For more on that critical race theory bill, we also spoke with Robert Johnson, who's the House Minority Leader. This year, he's emerged as a leading voice in opposition to a critical race theory ban. The danger in that bill that they have there it is so open and vague that it could do uh, irreparable harm to our ability to factually teach history. It's essentially a censorship bill. It keeps teachers from teaching, and it affects our First Amendment rights for people to talk about what real history is, and it keeps our children from learning, and I think it's, it's terrible. When this bill was brought up in the Senate chamber, black Democratic lawmakers walked out of the chamber in protest. Are are y'all planning to do something similar when this comes up? What we're planning to do is take this bill on head on, have open, fervent debate about the bill, do all we can to kill the bill, uh, whether it be through amendments or just simply convincing people that this is something we don't need or some procedural way we can get it done. But the most important thing we can do is be legislators and be effective. Protest is fine, but people have elected us to get the job done, and that's what we intend to do. Is there anything else right now that you'd like Mississippians to be watching out for coming from the House? Yeah, well, they, they should continue to watch bills like uh, the initiative and referendum bill. It needs a lot of work. We need to have one that's, that's, that, that, that actually does what people wanted to do, which gives, gives people a voice, so we need to keep working on that. And uh, we need to make sure that communities who need water, sewer, infrastructure help, that the legislature pays close attention to small and rural communities to make sure that they get that kind of support and that we spend broadband money in a way that's going to get that 40% of the people who don't have broadband have that that, that bill passed in a way that's going to give them what they need. And then also there's a bill that would address um, postpartum Medicaid coverage in Mississippi. That's an important. The postpartum bill is important. We're working that bill. It is on the calendar, uh, and we feel confident that uh, we got the votes, and uh, we feel confident that bill will pass. It will be extremely important to women and children. You know, it'll is important to their health care and, and, and reproductive services. That's House Minority Leader Robert Johnson. More from the Capitol after the break. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Leaders in Mississippi's tourism industry are lobbying lawmakers in an effort to get past a pair of tourism-friendly bills. MPB's Kobe Vance reports. Mississippi's tourism industry is continuing to recover from the economic recession caused by the coronavirus pandemic. The state's economy has not been as heavily impacted by the pandemic as other states, which advocates attribute to the governor's position on avoiding government mandates and shutdowns. Danielle Morgan is executive director of the Mississippi Tourism Association. She says lawmakers need to invest in the state's tourism industry, which brings in billions of dollars annually. 
We had a, a round one of that tourism recovery during the CARES Act, as we spoke of earlier, and it was incredibly successful. As a matter of fact, other states have modeled their recovery programs after Mississippi. Competition's ramping now. We were at the forefront, but now they're, they're catching up to us. So we definitely want to make sure we continue that momentum and continue to grow as well as recover. Two bills are expected to be taken up in the House chamber in the coming days. One measure would create a Department of Tourism. The other would fund advertising efforts for the state. Representative Becky Curry chairs the House Tourism Committee. She says it's important to market Mississippi across the nation to attract tourists and bring in outside dollars. And you'll see on television a lot of other states advertising, and we don't do that very well. But we are determined to make sure that we show other states that we are ahead of the game. We're number one in the nation for recovery, and we want to make sure people know about us to come here and say, you know, I'd like to go spend a week in Mississippi. Several bills are also expected to be taken up by the Senate, including a measure to offer federal coronavirus relief dollars to tourism businesses affected by the pandemic. Kobe Vance, MPB News. Coming up, how small business owners feel about plans to eliminate the state income tax. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. At the beginning of Black History Month, historically black colleges and universities across the country were the targets of bomb threats. The FBI is investigating these threats as hate crimes. From the Gulf States newsroom, Brittany Brown has the story of a violent event at a Mississippi HBCU more than 50 years ago and its legacy today. The heart of Jackson State University's campus is the Gibbs Green Memorial Plaza. On any given day, students hang out along the brick walkway as they head to class. The plaza is lined with academic buildings, Divine Nine Greek plots, and dorms. Right here, Alexander Hall, the women's dormitory, in this grassy area is where everybody was hanging out. Dr. Robert Luckett is an associate professor of history at JSU. And though you couldn't tell it today, this spot has a dark and violent history. There was blood all on the first floor. In this clip from the WYSO archives, a student recalls the day in 1970 when the plaza was the site of a shooting by police. And the bullets they used were so big that they penetrated through the steel. So evidently they were shooting to kill. On May 14, 1970, JSU students were hanging out in front of Alexander Hall when the Mississippi Highway Patrol and the Jackson Police Department marched onto campus just before midnight. The officers were armed and fully dressed in riot gear. After one person threw a glass bottle at the officers, all hell broke loose. The bottle broke at their feet and the police proceeded to open fire on Alexander Hall, firing over 500 rounds of ammunition in 28 seconds. Dozens were injured. One side of Alexander Hall was completely destroyed. For years leading up to the shooting, tensions had been building between JSU students and White City residents and police officers. This against the backdrop of the rising black power movement and anti-war activism. After the shooting, Police said they had gotten reports of a sniper in the dorm, but that was proven to be false following an investigation. No police ever faced criminal charges. Back then, State Senator Hillman Frazier was a student at Jackson State studying political science. It was unreal because I said that uh, why were they shooting because the kids were unarmed. 
They were hanging out as students, like they're doing a typical evening. He says the shooting started right as he was driving up to campus to drop off a friend at Alexander Hall. I did lose a classmate uh, in the shooting, Philip Gibbs. Philip Gibbs, a Jackson State student, and James Green, a local high school student, were both killed by police gunfire that night. They are the namesake of the Gibbs Green Memorial Plaza at the center of campus today. It was very heartbreaking to see how that life was taken away from him by law enforcement officials who were sworn to protect us, but they took life. Frazier says this incident completely changed the path of his life. Before, he had planned to become a professor. After, he decided to go away to law school and return home to make a change. Frazier has been a state legislator in Mississippi, representing the Jackson area since the 1980s. Today, the Gibbs Green tragedy is a part of the syllabus in a freshman year course. Professor Luckett and others at JSU have done extensive work to make sure this history is remembered. The things that they see going on in their lives has a continuity in history that connects them to members of the class in 1970. I want that, bro. Students still live in Alexander Hall. Many of the residents are not shocked to learn about what happened in 1970. The same way they weren't shocked when their university and other HBCUs across the country were targeted with bomb threats this year. It's not really surprising to me just because how many events have we seen occur in places where black people come together and share camaraderie in? That's Aria Brent a senior and a resident assistant in Alexander Hall. The FBI has identified six persons of interest in the bomb threat investigation. And Brent has a message for them. It's going to take a lot more to break us down, to scare us, to shut us down, and to stop HBCU from prospering this and bomb threats. We've been through the actual bombings and tornadoes and fires and shootings and whatever else throughout our history. So, And here we are still standing. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Brittany Brown. Still ahead, how small business owners feel about the plans to eliminate the state income tax. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Disagreements over tax policy between the State House and Senate have taken center stage throughout this year's legislative session. But the Senate and House don't seem to agree on one thing seem to agree on one thing, rather, that a substantial tax cut is in order for the vast majority of Mississippians. The open, inque- the open question is just how sweeping those cuts should be. Experts aren't in agreement over whether income tax reform is a smart, long-term gamut for the state, but small business owners in Mississippi say they look with optimism towards a new era of reduced taxation. That's according to Dawn McVeigh, who's state director of the National Federation of Independent Businesses. She speaks with Mississippi Edition producer Rob Lane. We survey our members every year to see you know, what, what is going on with them, you know, as it relates to how they feel about the upcoming session. And one of the questions we asked them this year, knowing that it was an issue last year, was, you know, how do you feel about this, these conversations around the reduction or the elimination of the income tax in Mississippi? And 78% of our members told us that they support this. 
you know, right now, you know, as you know, everybody's still on the other side of trying to get on the other side of, of COVID and all of the things that are happening because of it with inflation, supply chain problems. They are continuing to have face, you know, higher labor costs. They're continuing to have, you know, additional costs that they didn't have prior to COVID uh, to run their business. And so really, you know, income tax elimination or sizable reduction would really put a put a small business owner in a position to put those dollars back into their business and better use the dollars. You know, when we talk to our members about what do they do with tax savings, uh, they tell us they do three things. One, put it back into the business. Uh, increase wages or expand, you know, maybe, you know, build out a new facility or maybe add a second location or, you know, get new inventory that they had been wanting to bring in. So there's a lot of different things in that expansion side, but regardless of what they do with it, it goes back into the economy and those dollars are turned over again and again in the economy. And so we know that it would be a great thing for Mississippi. You mentioned the potentiality of getting rid of the income tax entirely or getting rid of a certain chunk of it. And certainly within the legislature right now, it seems like there's a big difference between the two. We have a Senate plan that would phase out one bracket of the income tax over a period of years, and we have a House plan that would gut the income tax completely. Do you favor one plan over the other? We don't. Our members, what we're trying to do with this ad campaign that we've kind of embarked upon is not just let our members know, but also let uh, everyday Mississippi citizens and other small business owners know and, you know, encourage them to make themselves aware of the proposals that are out there. At the end of the day, we believe that the legislature is in a unique position to really act this year. Um, Again, they had this conversation, started it last year. It's time to it's time to do something. They will have really squandered the opportunity if they get out of session, don't come in uh, to a special session and, and really do something about income taxes for individuals, um, you know, in Mississippi. We have two years running surpluses on projection to be with another one. And that's an indicator that, you know, something needs to change in Jackson. And, and so it's time to time to do something about it. It does look like there's a real fight brewing here. There's been a bit of a war of words between House Speaker Philip Gunn and Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman and the press over these two competing plans. Are you concerned that politics might get in the way of tax reform here? And is there a message that you'd like to get out to state leaders? Yeah, we're we're always concerned that politics will get in the way of politics, right? <laughs> so we, we really do encourage the leadership to get together, you know, there's no reason why uh, we're, you know, we're in a position where we have the funds in Mississippi to to do the things that need to be done. You know, we're in the middle of a tax, a corporate franchise tax uh, elimination that was set out over 10 years. You know, that's going to benefit a lot of corporations. So it's time to look at doing something real for the people of Mississippi. And the way that that impacts small business owners is that, about 75% of them file their taxes as individuals. And so they file that as a pass-through. So that's why we care so much about this individual rate as well as the corporate rate. So, yeah, we urge the leaders to get together, the governor, lieutenant governor, and speaker of the House, have a have a sit-down, flush it out. We know they can get together on this and do something for the people. Some critics of a tax cut say that 
An income tax cut might negatively affect the spending power of lower income Mississippians who, as you well know, are more likely to reinvest any money that they do have in local economies by spending it. Even if you do, as you say, favor a tax cut, is that a concern on some level that you share? I don't think so. I think that those things uh, have a way of working themselves out. And I think that, again, when you see the opportunity for a small employer to increase wages, that's going to help a, a lower wage, you know, employee. And then then they'll be able to put those dollars back into the economy because they'll have higher wages at that point. So, uh, you know, we see it from the positive perspective. But, um, yeah. Another potential critique, a uh, tax cut might diminish the state's ability to uh, maintain infrastructure, to maintain any number of state services that might make it easier for businesses to to operate logistically, to transport goods, et cetera, et cetera. A rebuttal, perhaps? Well, I think that, you know, there's a lot of uh, federal dollars in the economy right now in the in the, in the budget that can be targeted towards that infrastructure piece. The key word's being right as, now, right? It won't last forever. Right. That's true. It won't last forever. And I think that if the legislature is smart about how they use those dollars and targeted that about how they about how they invest those one time dollars, then, you know, that'll help over the long term. Uh, I think that, you know, the state has a lot of one time expenses that could be used for that. But at the end of the day, we know that there's a surplus outside of the federal dollars, and that means that Mississippians are overpaying to run government at this point. Don McVeigh is Mississippi State Director for the National Federation of Independent Businesses. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Creature Comforts. Then at 10, it's AutoCorrect. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Enjoy the sunshine.